John and I are going to talk about a sport near and dear to my heart, I believe also to John's. This is Preps Today with John Millay. John, of course, is the prep sports and activity guru at mshsl.org, former newspaper wretch uh, who's made a uh, his, who's done wonderful things with his career, covering uh, covering some really endearing characters around the state of Minnesota. Uh, this is TalkNorth.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast after this show or any show you like at the network. It's free. It's easy. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to our sponsors, starting with Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton, uh, Propane, and all energy solar. Let's get to attract dynasty, John. Jim, I am a former newspaper wretch. I, I remain a wretch, just not a newspaper wretch. Newspaper so wretches are unique. Make that clear. <laughs> very unique. Very unique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Attract dynasty. Uh, on last week's show, I mentioned a story I was working on about one of the most dominant relay teams in the state. I don't think a lot of people are aware of this. Uh, the story has been posted on John's journal at the high school league website, mshsl.org. Easy for me to say. It's about the girls four by 200 relay team from, from a cooperative track team with kids from four small schools in Southeast Minnesota, Grand Meadow, Leroy Ostrander, Kingsland, Southland. Um, so the kids come from all those schools and all they've done is won the last four class a state titles in that relay they may have have won five in a row if not for spring sports being canceled in 2020 due to covid and what really what really attracted me to this story in addition to just the success so it's these four small schools only one of those schools has a usable track and that's grand meadow so the kids uh Right, school buses. The, the non-Grand Meadow kids get on buses after school and head there for track practice. And I saw this relay team win easily at a meet in Stewartville last week, their first outdoor meet of the year. These these are really clearly talented kids and 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 entertaining kids to talk to. I had a great time. I'm going to just go through these individuals here because there's some veterans on this relay team. Uh, Anika. Annika Ryland is a senior. She's been part of four of these state championship four by two relays beginning when she was in seventh grade. Her cousin Chantel Ryland, she's won two. And uh, Breely Gale, who's a freshman, she ran on the championship team last year. So those three are probably destined to be on the four by two, you know, when the when the season gets to the subsection sections and state if they qualify again. But they've got a spot up for grabs uh, at Stewartville. Another freshman, Lydia Redmond, ran the first leg. And it's interesting how they do this. They, they have head-to-head -head competition at practice to decide who's going to fill these relay slots. And uh, as one of the coaches said, you know, hey, you know, speed is the determining factor in these sprint relays. So, uh, but the, the, another amazing thing about this story is the number of kids who participate in this, in this cooperative track team. So in grades seven through 12 from these four schools, and they are tiny schools, uh, they got 120 kids out for track and field. And, and I don't know if any of those schools have 120 kids in the high school. <laughs> and they've got a, so that says a lot about the program and the, and the way it's run and, and success. And, you know, kids like to be part of good things. And I mean, that's a lot of kids. You got 120 kids at, at one track practice. That can be mayhem, so it takes some organizational skills too. But uh, good luck to that to that relay team, everybody from Grand Meadow, Leroy Ostrander, Kingsland, Southland. Uh, it's a cool story, and if you go to John's Journal at the High School League site, you can read about that. 
Excellent. All right, let's get to your latest long road trip. Or is this a yeah. long road trip regarding one of the teams you cover? Yes, it, was, it wasn't very long for me. I went down to Janesville, home of Janesville, Waldorf, Pemberton. This was on Tuesday. That's It's basically between Mankato and Waseca. It's about an hour each way for me. That's not a big deal. And this was a, a baseball doubleheader. The long trip was the visiting team from Cromwell Wright. That's in the Duluth area. So they on a school bus, the Cromwell Wright baseball team drove about three and a half hours each way. And uh, with all the weather delays this spring, they hadn't even, they hadn't played a baseball game yet. Janesville had played a couple. And uh, the coach from Cromwell told me they'd only been outside three times and that was on a parking lot. So this was their first time on grass, on dirt. And this came together in a hurry. Uh, Basically, uh, on Monday, these games that were played Tuesday were not scheduled. They were not on the schedule Monday morning, but the way it worked is there's a, there's a part of the high schooling website called games wanted. So, you know, schools will post, we've got, we'd like to play somebody home away. Doesn't matter. Here are the dates. And Cromwell had posted a note looking for baseball games and was looking to come South where the field conditions are better. And Paul Brunner's the activities director in Janesville. He saw that, made a phone call to Cromwell. They booked this doubleheader on Monday, and they played on Tuesday. And uh, tell you what, that's a long day for those Cromwell kids. They got on their school bus, left town at 10.30 in the morning, and got home more than 12 hours later. But they had a great time. I talked to some of the kids after the after the games in Janesville. It was a little chilly, but they were playing baseball. And it was just one of the it was one of these feel good stories that everybody in Janesville, they went out of their way for the Cardinals from Cromwell. They went to Casey's in Janesville, brought them a stack of pizzas and a case of water for the bus ride home. And everybody was just happy to be playing baseball, no matter the distance traveled. And there is a John's journal story in the works on this too. This, this was really fun to spend a few hours in Janesville, see some friends of mine down there and, uh, and uh, kind of watch this long distance uh, baseball thing. And, and they, they, they're talking about maybe doing this every year, making this an annual thing. These two teams that are 210 miles apart, uh, might become a pretty cool rivalry in baseball. That's really cool. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Browerville. Yeah, I talked again last week about uh, what's happening at Browerville High School. They they've got you know they got an issue they're they're dealing with a long term issue because the the roof on their gym collapsed on April first, and I watched the Tiger softball team play out on the turf field at the College of St. Benedict a couple weeks ago. That's an hour from Browerville, but they're making it work. The big thing now is just with the weather still not being great, you know, they don't have their gym for indoor practices for the spring teams. But the long-term questions, uh, that's the big thing. You know, next fall for volleyball, next winter for basketball and wrestling, they're not going to have a home gym to play in. And uh, Ribsy Petermeyer, he's the activities director in Brarova, he kind of, he talked about what this gym has meant in that community. He said that, quote, the gym was used for funerals. It held church services. It was a polling place for elections, held Memorial Day programs, Veterans Day programs, proms, post-proms, one-act plays, Christmas concerts, band concerts, all kinds of dances. He said the gym was basically used seven days a week, 365 days a year, and and that's a long process. Just just the cleanup alone of tearing down everything and uh, coming up with a plan for a new gym. 
they're, they're, the good news is other schools in central Minnesota, they've offered use of their facilities to the Tigers from Browerville, which everybody up there is grateful. This is going to be, like I said, a long-term continuing story, and I wouldn't be surprised if I don't uh, head to Browerville at some point in the future to, to do more about this. But uh, there is a John's Journal story about that, and uh, good luck to everybody in Browerville. Good stuff. We are going to get to Be the Light, McDonald Award winner, and a state record. First, though, John, please tell us about Pizza Barn. Yeah, as, as we talked about last week, uh, Jim, the, one of the great traditions at the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton is the Pizza of the Month. And in April, that is the triple pepperoni. It's basically a classic pepperoni, but three, three layers, three different kinds of pepperoni. Uh, a great, if you like pepperoni, as I do, in fact, on my way out of Janesville on Tuesday night, I went to Casey's. I didn't get didn't get a stack of pizzas like they did for the Cromwell baseball team, but I got a couple of slices. I got one pepperoni, one sausage. Not as good as the pizza bar, and there's no question, but it's 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 a good uh, a good alternative. But I'm a pepperoni guy, and this uh, triple pepperoni at the pizza bar just sounds fantastic. We need to get back up there and and do a show. Maybe we can do that this spring and uh, see Jody stay and everybody there. And we, we talk about the pizza bar and uh, food trucks all the time. Uh, this weekend, one of them will be at BCMX Adventure Park in Cambridge on Saturday and Sunday. Let's hope for good weather for that. They had a great trip across the Wisconsin border last weekend for a visit to Lift Bridge Brewery in New Richmond. And those food trucks will keep traveling far and wide. If you're interested in booking a pizza bar and food truck for your public event, your private event, your family event, go to pizzabarinprinceton.com, click on food truck at the top of the page, and you're on your way. So as always, our great thanks to our friend Jody Stay and everybody who's on her crew at the Pizza Barn in Princeton for sponsoring our podcast. Yes, sir. I also want to let you know that solar panels are the only home improvement project that pays for itself. Learn more about going solar this spring at All Energy Solar's free webinar by visiting allenergysolar.com slash webinar. Or go, or go to allenergysolar.com slash coach and find out what kind of money you can save on your solar install and what incentives you could qualify for. Thanks to All Energy Solar. Once again, we're coming to you from Aquarius Home Services Studio. Uh, let's get to Be the Light, John. Yeah. Um, as we all remember, I mentioned previously, in 2020 with the pandemic, we didn't have any spring sports. And we'll one of the bright lights during that dark time was a video titled Be the Light. There was this uh, effort. It was kind of a national thing in the high school world of turning on stadium lights to kind of honor the, the kids who weren't able to participate in their sports. And, and it was it was big here in Minnesota. It might have been bigger here than anywhere. And as I tweeted a couple of days ago, I, I, I will always be eternally grateful to Dick Bremer. Our, our good friend, he narrated our video, and Brian Cole from Moorhead on, on Twitter. He's at Moorhead Orc, O-R-C-H, because he's, he's a middle school orchestra director up there and does a lot more than that. Brian's a wonderful guy, and he came up with the idea. I was tweeting photos and some videos of these Be the Light the lights being turned on at, at fields all over Minnesota. And Brian had this idea to put together a video and, and he, we were talking about it and he said, we'll need a narrator. And, and Dick Bremer's the first guy I thought of, you know, from my time long ago covering the twins, I've known Dick and Dick didn't hesitate. I sent him an email and he answered in about two minutes and he said, whatever you would like me to do, I'm in. And uh, so I retweeted the link to the video. If you go to YouTube and just type in MSHSL, be the light, you'll find it. It's on the MSHSL. 
SHSL Facebook page. And I have a feeling this will be an annual thing. And, and the comments on the Facebook page are pretty good. People remember what that was like and and uh, how we all got through it together. So Be, be the Light was a pretty special thing in a, in a, in a weird, weird time. But uh, again, thanks to Dick Bremer and Brian Cole for uh, being vital parts of that. Yeah, Dick, Dick is all in on anything uh, that's Minnesota related or Minnesota prep sports related. He has deep yeah. ties here and he, he acts yeah. like it. Um, he does. Let's get, and let's and get, as he told me, yeah. you know, the twins weren't playing then either. He wanted to get right. under the lights. He wanted to get back to the ball. He was in the exact same boat. I don't know if people remember that, but while high school sports were shut down, a lot of things were shut down. It's funny. I, I'm flashing back now. I went to one when the twins held like an interest squad game at target field at kind of toward the end of the pandemic or, or I can wonder it was during the pandemic, but they just wanted to have, you know, I can't remember if it was a run up to something or if they just one off, whatever, yeah. but they, they basically had a, a game kind of a fake game in target field just <laughs> to start playing again. Yeah. And I remember somebody and the only people allowed in attendance were twins employees who were in the building anyway. Yeah. And I remember somebody hitting a foul ball. I want to say it was Josh Donaldson or somebody hit a foul ball and we know what happens at a major league baseball game oh. when a foul ball goes in the stands. People go crazy for it. Uh, the ball goes into the stands. It hit like four seats. It dropped down. And like 20 minutes later, Dick Bremer walked over and picked it up. <laughs> I'll just never, that, to me, that is the oh. image of the pandemic. Yeah. Playing baseball in an empty stadium and Dick, Dick Bremer just picking up the ball 20 minutes later. Everyone <laughs> right. understands. Throwing it back in the ball bag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get to the McDonald Award winner. Yeah, the McDonald Award is named for the late Bob McDonald of Chisholm basketball fame, uh, somebody I knew very well. It's it's the premier individual award in Minnesota high school basketball. It's presented by the Minnesota Basketball Coaches Association, and last week they uh, they gave this year's award uh, to the outstanding senior boys basketball player in the state, and that is Nasir Whitlock of D. LaSalle, a nice young man. I've talked to him. I talked to him during the season a couple times. Uh, they reach a state championship game, and the, the, when they present this award, it's pretty special because a member of the McDonald family does this. So Nasir was presented the McDonald Award by Mike McDonald, the boys basketball coach at Cambridge Isani. And Mike was representing the Coaches Association and the entire McDonald family. So congrats to Nasir Whitlock of De La Salle. Excellent. All right. Last item on this show is state record. Once again, thanks to Brandon Morton, our producer. Thanks to John for always putting together such a great show. And if you like this, check out talknorth.com. We have lots of outdoor content from the Ron Shera Productions people. We have a really good chin music show, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, and myself on a very interesting twins team. Jeff Diamond on the Vikings, the former Vikings general manager, uh, the Viking update show. Uh, Check it all out. We appreciate it. And uh, oh, also John Krasinski on the Timberwolves as they go through the playoffs here. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And again, best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Let's get to state record. Yeah, I started this, this show with track. We're going to go back to track again, back in southeast Minnesota. We're going to talk about wheel, wheelchair track and field. Those athletes don't receive enough recognition. But an athlete from St. Charles named Tyler Gunnarsson did something really special recently he set two state records in his first wheelchair 100 meter race of the season he finished in 15.91 seconds breaking the previous state record held by his brother Peyton we've got a little family battle going here and at the same meet Tyler also won the 400 also breaking Peyton's state record in that event so congratulations to Tyler Gunnarsson of uh, St. Charles on a couple of state records in wheelchair track and field 
Good stuff as always, John. Thank you. We'll talk to you all next week. Uh, and this is a great time of the year for, for prep sports. So much going on. And as a former track athlete, I love it when John brings us the track updates. So once again, thanks to everyone. We'll talk to you soon.